This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is sponsored by Kurgo. Kurgo was started by two brothers who loved to hike and travel and wanted their dogs to come along. The first product idea came when the dog slid off the front seat and got tangled in their pedals and nearly caused an accident. So they invented a backseat barrier to keep dogs out of the front seat and they continued into other dog safety and travel products. Kurgo was among the first manufacturers to produce crash-tested dog harnesses that keep your dog safe in the event of an accident, and they offer many different in-car safety solutions for your pets, along with harnesses, collars, boots, coats, leashes, and car seat covers. Go to KurgoStore, K-U-R-G-O store.com slash bookriot now and get 30% off your order total. This is the Book Riot Podcast, a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. This is episode 79, and we're recording on Thursday, November 13th. I am Jeff O'Neill. I'm here with Rebecca Shinsky. We're coming to you from bookriot.com. After dark. After dark. It's daylight savings after dark. Wait, yeah, are we, are we on like, daylight savings no, or we're, off? I can never keep off. this straight. We're, we're off, off daylight we're not, savings. We're, not like, we're just, we're just being uh, wasteful. But it's been dark like forever now, so we're really after dark. Yeah, I was saying it feels like it's about ten thirty, <laughs> and there should be lounge singers and uh, velvet uh, couches. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Couches. Yeah, Let's do nice. that. I'm drinking uh, a very mediocre white wine. I am drinking an excellent whiskey ginger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're coming to you. It's Thursday and we're on episode 79. Yeah. We're teetering on the edge of 80. I know. We had an idea. It's kind of, is it premature to talk about episode 100? You had a great idea. Well, we're talking about it now. Uh, Yeah. See, that's one of those, can I ask you a question sorts of things? (laughs) Is that right if I ask you a question? Um, So, but be thinking about it because we're going to do a a 100th episode show, but it's going to be a free for all Q&A. It doesn't have to be about books. Ask us anything you want to. We won't answer necessarily we anything. Don't open be creepy. Books, but well, I wouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> we, we're well indexed. We may not be open, but we've got a good index. Uh, so think about it. You, you can send us a question. If you think about one now and you say, this is for the 100th anniversary show and I want to know something, I want your opinion or some other story, whatever you want to know, it's, it's open for consideration at least. You can send us an email at podcast at bookriot.com. Um, the other thing you can send to us, we're taking holiday recommendations for, I guess, probably just one more week. Yeah, I think this will be probably Yeah, so this is your, our last, last call. Uh, if you're looking for a holiday book recommendation for someone you're giving a gift to, you'd like one for yourself, uh, shoot us an email, podcast at bookriot.com. We've got a bunch already. Oh, we They're, have a ton. We've got a good, we're good but we're going to try to get to them as many as we can, so that don't let that dissuade you from sending us a question, and we'll do the best we can. Yeah, and the ones we have have been good and specific yes. so far. So I want to encourage some listeners to, tough. to do that. Yeah, some of them are a challenge, but we're getting great things like, you know, I'm shopping for my mom who's into this thing, this yes. thing, and this other thing. And the three books that she rereads most often are by these authors. Yeah. What do you think? What do you and, think? Yeah, that's what we like. that's been really helpful. Like I've been sort of noting what I'm going to recommend for those people, and it's been really helpful to have mm-hmm. all those association points to start thinking about And titles. we've even had a little time to like uh, outsource a couple of things that aren't in our wheelhouses. Right, yeah. 
So uh, we've, but we do have uh, spare wheelhouses in the book ride and panels uh, staffs. Um, we do in other podcast news. Yeah, our, it's a meta meta follow up. Our today. Uh, colleague Rita Mead, who hosts the Dear Book Nerd podcast, is going to be celebrating the first anniversary of that show in January. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen, it's about life, love, and literature. It's an advice show. Rita is like Delilah for bookish people, but way <laughs> cooler. And if you have any questions about life, love, and literature that you'd like to submit to the show, you can do that at dearbooknerd at podcast.com. And she and her excellent guests uh, will answer them for yeah, you. Yeah, it's a air. fun show. We've both been guests in the early days. And uh, Rita has a great voice. We're just talking about that. Yeah, her um, tones are way more dulcet oh, than ours. Oh, yeah, she, she has the dulcetest <laughs> tones by far here. She's also this week's guest on Reading Lives podcast. I asked her to come on, and she uh, indulged me, and we talked about her life as reader. She's a librarian and uh, a podcaster and a blogger, and she writes for Book Riot and just she has a all book coming cool. out. Has a book coming out. Children's author Edward gets messy is the title, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Uh, one last thing before we get to the first sponsor and the rest of the show. Last time we we un um, gloriously asked for reviews to cross the two hundred dollar two hundred dollar two hundred <laughs> review mark. And you guys came through with the, all your colors were flying. Gangbusters. Uh, we went, we, 20 new reviews this week. So we're at 212 right now. And we got a whole bunch of new, uh, ratings, 212 ratings, ratings and 92 reviews, which we were at like, I think 84, or 82 or something. So a bunch of people left reviews too. So we're super grateful for doing that. Of course, I'm greedy now. And our cockles are warming. Yeah. You know, at least I'm greedy. mine are. I'm greedy because you know why? You want 100 reviews now. 100 reviews now. And then I really will be quiet at least until there's another landmark. But uh, but seriously, thank you guys so much. Thank That's you, a thank great you, thank way you, thank you. For letting us uh, uh, bother you for that. All right. Let's do the first sponsor. Audible's back. Audible is the leading provider of audiobooks. They've got over 150,000 titles to choose from. Basically, if there's a genre that's like a real thing that you've heard of and could talk to other people about, they've got something for you. And then probably a zillion and probably genres a zillion that you more. never imagined. Unlike with a streaming or rental service, Audible, you own your books. You get to keep them. You unsubscribe. You still have the files and can play them um, in your player. Free apps for iPhones, Androids, Windows, Android and Windows Phone. Download and listen to any basically any device I can play an MP3 that's you know hasn't been bought before it has been bought since like 98 you can play uh the my library feature lets you extra books anytime even from your phone you can download it put it on there so you can listen on your train you don't necessarily have to have an internet connection to listen you can get it all fired up to get ready to go on the plane chapter navigation is nice you can get right to specific chapters in audio with annotated bookmarks um there's also an immersion reading where if the, the with the kindle fire hd you can listen and read at the same time and it highlights the text as you read along with the narrator why might you want to do this well it's cool and that's just sort of fun to watch but also if you're learning a language something with words that you don't know how to pronounce you're learning a concept sometimes reading and listening at the same time is a really great way to learn and have something get really sticky in there so go to audiblepodcast.com slash book riot for a free 30-day trial and that includes a free audiobook of your choice and also lets you know that you came to them from us, which means they'll come back and sponsor the show. We get more money. We could do more shows. We get to beg you for more reviews even uh, longer. And we can finally pay off these uh, diamond-crusted uh, shock mounts that we've been using to this point. Someday I'm getting a scepter. <laughs> a podcast scepter? Let's see, uh, right uh, just now, a scepter I, for all the things, Just, 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 just a gen- general Let's purpose scepter. Let's not be specific. <laughs> general purpose sceptering. Uh, I'm listening right now still in the middle of The Innovators by Walter Isaacson. It's about the history of computing 
told through biographical sketches of people that have been uh, influential in getting the computer up and running. I'm now through the 1940s, uh, and where uh, you know the Germans apparently the Germans had some computing research going on, but they needed a bunch of planes and fell behind the computing war, which has turned out to be super interesting. Uh, Walter Isaacson is a was Steve Jobs biographer, authorized biographer, and former CEO of CNN, which is interesting. He's an interesting guy, well-researched. A lot of stuff I don't know. I mean, the computer isn't like, um, I don't know, like we don't we don't have sort of a Wright Brothers of computing where there's like this little origin story and you can put on a coin, whatever. It's like a whole bunch of people through decades um, getting things put in the right combination to get what we know as a modern computer. So that's what I've been listening to recently uh, in an while I'm not listening to podcasts, what have you been listening to recently? Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler. I'm surprised you're not done already. (laughs) No, I am done. I finished it, but I'm just not done talking about it. I see. Okay, gotcha. Um, I finished Amy Poehler's Yes, Please recently. It is like spending seven... I listen to audiobooks primarily in the car. And so for me, it was like having my smartest, gutsiest, most honest friend with me for Mm. seven and a half hours. Um, She talks about how she became a comedian, um, what it was like trying to, you know, break into comedy and working for Saturday Night Live and then working on Parks and Recreation. She writes about family. She writes about marriage and motherhood and her divorce. And she writes haikus about plastic surgery that Patrick Stewart reads on the audiobook. And Mm. it's hysterical. Um, Her parents make appearances. Seth Meyers makes an appearance. Uh, Kathleen Turner. The cast for the audiobook is really wonderful. And it's just so warm and fun and lovely and thoughtful in that way that Amy Poehler is. And I know I said it a few episodes back, but I think it bears repeating that um, she doesn't hold anything back. I was so excited for this book, but also kind of nervous that it just wasn't going to be all the things that I was hoping she would do. Like I kind of felt like Tina Fey held some things back in bossy pants and Amy Poehler just goes there. It's funny and smart. And have I said funny and smart already? <laughs> it's it's great. And I really think that just about anyone will find something of value in it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, as a, as a selling point also, the print edition is really gorgeous. But the audio edition has a chapter specifically about parks and recreation. And she talks about key scenes on the show and then they play the audio from those shows and I might mm. or might not have cried my way home from the gym listening to Ben propose to Leslie. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> it's I so great. Michelle, after listening to the last time you gushed profusely and embarrassing about it, uh, decided she <laughs> I am not embarrassed. No, I'm embarrassed for you, that's what I'm saying. Uh, she 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 uh, is decided she's gonna listen to it. So you sold you sold her. The hardest awesome. sell in in, uh, in the and land. You sold I her. I had to pause the Hillary Clinton hard choices audiobook to when Amy Poehler's book mm. came back. So, which I think is a decision that both Hillary and Leslie Nope would have approved of. Sure. And uh, now I'm back on with Hillary Clinton hard choices. We got to take a break from the uh, 7,800 hour audiobook of uh, hard choices. Okay, let's get on this. You know, if we had recorded this morning, we would have missed the week's big news. It's true. This yeah. was a, a very fortuitous. Fortuitous, uh, fortuitous delay. Yes. Uh, we've talked about um, at excruciating length the Amazon and Hachette stalemate. Mm-hmm. And we are, I guess, pleased to announce, if for no reason that we don't have to hear anything more about it, <laughs> that it's over. Our long national nightmare has ended. We've reached a, we've reached a, a, a truce. Um, we should all run into Times Square and uh, 
kiss a anonymous uh, PR uh, assistant from <laughs> Little Brown, um, just like we celebrate all uh, national victories. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. There's not a lot of details now. The, the key thing that's been leaked or whatever um, that w- apparently is, is the tea leave I'm using to read this is Hachette retains the right to set the prices for the eBooks, mm-hmm. which was apparently the big the big fight. Um, which yeah, Amazon and- has been wanting the, to be able to lower eBooks prices on the whole, but also under its own command. And Hachette, I guess, I don't know if this was I mean, the sticking point, but it, it was the one that um, we all thought was yeah, the, the, the thing they were fighting about. Publishers getting to set ebook prices, which is called the agency pricing model within the industry stuff against retailers getting to set prices has been the argument like for so many years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it was um, Laura Hazard Owen, who writes for Giga OM, tweeted today, like, well, thank goodness that, you know, this argument is over. But gosh, it sure was nice having three years of discussion about the agency <laughs> model. <laughs> like, I yeah. just am, I'm glad that it's resolved. Um, it will be interesting to see if any details come out mm-hmm. and what those details are. I guess we could if we wanted to spend the time, you could probably pay attention to what Hachette books start to look like with pricing on Amazon and see if you could, you know, draw any conclusions about patterns or anything. But I'm glad it's over. I also suspect that it occurred to one or both parties that it would have been really smart to get this done in time for the big holiday shopping season. Yeah. Like, I am not surprised at all that we're seeing this now. Yeah, especially since it was a couple weeks ago where Simon & Schuster... They got their deal done, and it was largely the deal that they'd had before. Um, I, you know, I don't know what to make of it. I'm not a publishing insider, and I don't, you know, I try not to extrapolate too much. But if it's true that Hachette retained the right to price the ebooks as they want, and Amazon didn't get a lot higher percentage of the revenue, then it's kind of the the, the big green smile blinking a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, uh, they didn't get to impose their will quite as much as they wanted to. Hachette stood its ground. You know, uh, I'm always a fan of standing your ground, even if it's ill-advised. I admire standing <laughs> the standing of ground. Um, so I, I don't know. It's like I was kind. I thought maybe the Hachette standoff would be the the catalyst for some more wide-sweeping change on either side. Mm. Either Amazon would really gain a whole bunch of territory, or publishers really would say, you know what, enough with these guys, but we're kind of back to the status quo. I know we had been pulling not even a little bit secretly for a while for like Penguin Random House to just say, screw it, we're going to do this ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, It would, man, it would just be so interesting to see someone, to see a big publisher with a lot of titles and a lot of readers do that. The thing I guess I hope comes out of this. First off, I'm really glad for all of the Hachette authors. It's truly sucky that authors were stuck in this position for so long where they, you know, these are their life's work, um, Mm -hmm. making books to put them out into the world and then to be unable to do that because of a dispute between two giant corporations is really crappy. Um, So I'm thrilled for that. I saw lots of authors tweeting today about how nice it was and exciting for them to be able to go to their books, Amazon pages and see that they were available to buy and get shipping immediately or that you could pre-order their forthcoming book and there were no hoops to jump through and no need to do anything else. Um, I hope that publishers, if they're going to retain control of ebook pricing, will now devote some serious thinking to what that ebook pricing is. Mm. Um, 
I went looking for some new front list titles on ebook this week just because I was shopping. And many of them were listed at $17.99. And I even came across a few that were listed at $25 for the ebook. And is that just meant to dissuade you from buying it? I mean, that's, I a, mean, that's, that's a we want you to buy print price, is what I that says to me. I think it is, but I don't, I mean, I don't know how my habits compare to all readers' habits or what Hachette, or it wasn't even just Hachette titles, but what any publisher would be trying to achieve there. But when I want to impulse buy a thing, I want to impulse buy it at that moment and then for it to appear on my tablet Mm. two seconds later so that I can start reading the thing that I just bought on an impulse because I was thinking that that might be a fun thing to read right now. So what that achieved is that I didn't buy any of those books at all. I bought other things that were Mm. available at reasonable price points. And people can bang the drum all they want for as long as they want about ebook pricing eroding the perceived value of literature. Mm But ebooks cost less, and readers expect them to cost less. And seventeen ninety nine for a front list ebook is just unreasonable. Yeah, well, especially you know when I can rent a three hundred million dollar blockbuster for four bucks from home. I mean, like mm-hmm. you're competing against other entertainment outlets, well, and, and ugh, that's you know, tough, man. Oyster has. Oyster is basically streaming for books, and they're carrying front list titles now. So for 10 bucks a month, I can read a ton of great books, many of which are new. Mm -hmm. Um, Scribd does the same thing and is starting to carry front list. This is the the equivalent of, like, buy my album on iTunes for $22 when you could stream it on Spotify for... 10. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, and I guess, I guess, speaking of ebook pricing, that can lead us into some more follow up. Um, we talked last week about we had just sort of seen glimpses, uh, glimpses of uh, uh, Barnes and Noble's uh, sync up exclamation point program. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to call Barnes and Noble the ampersand from now on. That's my nickname for Barnes and Noble, <laughs> the, the big ampersand, the big ampersand. Uh, there basically, it's another kind of pilot program, not dissimilar in scope from what HarperCollins did with some independent bookstores where it's a limited selection of titles where, but they're all paperbacks, it seems to me. Mm -hmm. You buy the paperback and you also, when you buy that paperback, you buy the right to buy an ebook for four, an ebook version of it for $4.99. And the pitch seems to be give the paper, uh, keep the E. Um, they can have that yeah. little slogan. One of, they, that's, one of that's our contributors, um, give the paper, keep the E. Mm-hmm. It just rolls off the tongue, mm-hmm. Jeff. Uh, one of our contributors went to her local Barnes & Noble and tested this out. And I am pleased to report this might be the first like ebook bundling situation that has actually gone smoothly. Oh, did, did, did the whole process go okay? Yes. Yeah. She said uh, she Was this Rincey? I don't remember. It was Rincey. She picked a title off the table, a book she wanted to read anyway, um, bought the you took the book and you take a bookmark off of the display table up to the register with you. Ah. And when you pay for the book, they say, you know, with this bookmark you that you're holding, that. right. Basically do you yeah. want fries with that for four ninety nine? You can get the ebook as well. Um, the receipt comes with a download code. Or, See, there it is. Or, right. Someone figured we, this uh, out. Yeah, we did like six months ago. <laughs> we, you know, yeah. Uh, well, someone figured out how to implement no, it. <laughs> That's the ideas are easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you can get the download code on your receipt or you can give them the email address that your Nook account is connected to and they'll uh, just do it right there. 
And Rinsey said that's what she did. And then when the next time that she opened her Nook or her Nook app, the book was just right there. Ah, um, very nice. And that the bookseller in her particular Barnes & Noble was definitely pitching it as a holiday gift thing where you should you know, buy this paperback to give to someone as a gift, but you can keep the ebook for yourself. Um, and I have a few acquaintances who still work at the Barnes & Noble store where I worked, and I was able to talk with one of them this week. And he said that that is definitely the... Um, sort of corporate handed uh, down the pitch point. as well. And I was like, that's so interesting. Like, don't you think that bundling is more about readers wanting the print and the E not like keeping one and giving one away. And he just sort of rolled his eyes and was like, yeah, but corporate. Um, so I, I don't, I think it's a pretty, I mean, it's really smart to roll it out for the holidays, for the holidays, especially because people are given gifts. But, I do wonder if the your rank and file book buyer at Barnes and Noble buying paperbacks, I mean, are they the kind of person that's going to want both? I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying that maybe they do. They see it as a little, uh, a little gift for themselves when yeah, they're doing I their think own shopping. It's super smart to be doing it this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you I think hope- about four ninety nine? You know, I think four ninety nine is a little high. Mm. Like well, we had some conversation about this on Book Riot back channels. I'd like to see it at. One ninety nine or two ninety nine. Oh, one ninety nine. Jeez. Okay. But four ninety nine is still super good for yeah. a relatively new release. You know, traditionally mm-hmm. published ebook. Um, and that this system seems to work smoothly. <laughs> like it does all the things it's supposed to do. That's right. worth an extra four ninety nine. Yeah. But I think it's. I think four ninety nine is prohibitive of buying the print and the e both for yourself. But it's yeah. not, at least for, to my shopping psychology, it's not prohibitive if I'm spending 15 bucks on a paperback as a gift for someone and I don't mind, you know, yeah, tossing in another five for me. Yeah, something from my mom, it's 15 right. bucks. I spend five, I get to have the ebook. Yeah. That's a compelling yeah, proposition. It's pretty compelling. Then I have to recommend, they have to be, buy people books I haven't read yet. See, that's the, that's the tricky <laughs> part to get the full value out I of I just it. hope it goes super well and that they'll expand it to more titles yeah. and that then publishers will want to do it and then other re- retailers will do this and that it will be a thing like this might be the first real opportunity to get some data about if readers are actually interested in bundling or if that's just a thing that we long for um and how many of them are could be just a thing that we want that's that's the that's the bummer part is that they're going to give it a good college try and it's going to fall flat and we're going to be sadder than sad um you know all right more follow-up uh we talked last time about the uh the ad wizards over at Sweet and Low um, buy, <laughs> buying product placement in, a, <laughs> in an ebook for $1.3 million. Um, that all sounds like satire, but it's all true. And I have to say, the listener, the tweets you guys yes. sent us after this that <laughs> show last week were some of the most fun Twitter conversations mm-hmm. in the history of the podcast. Um, so, Land Rover, yes, the Land Rover of uh, unreliable British sport utility vehicles. Um, <laughs> they they published I guess they actually published this one themselves. They didn't buy the Yeah, they came up with this all on their own. Um they published an ebook called The Vanishing Game by William Boyd and there's interactive multimedia content, which just makes me want to barf. Like who cares about that? <laughs> it's it, it is meant to be shared by readers on social media. Good luck. It's an adventure yeah. thriller. It's largely, available for or, free. Largely about driving. Yeah, I looked at its <laughs> Amazon page. It's available for free. 
and it's only 76 pages long. It's mostly so, about shopping at Target in the suburbs, <laughs> as uh, it turns out. And avoiding Kathy Bates's character yes. from Fried Green Tomatoes. Yes. Uh, um, so since it's short at only 76 pages, that allows it to be classified as a Kindle short read. Uh, and it's actually ranked like a- Kindle. Amazon drills down into very specific categories. And so like. Is it ranked number one in bogus marketing titles? Basically, it's yeah. ranked like number one in uh, Kindle short reads in this thing with this subheading with this other <laughs> subheading with this other subheading that's like a nesting doll of digital weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's ranked, I think, in the 500s in the overall free Kindle store. It has one review by a person who thinks that an ebook to promote a car is a great idea. Yeah. Not at all. It doesn't sound like a plant. probably the author doesn't sound like a plant at, at all. all. I wonder how much they paid uh, William Boyd, acclaimed, acclaimed uh, the, thriller writer. I, I went William to the Boyd. website um, that's connected to oh, the book. You? And like on the Amazon page for the book, it says, like, click here for you know more information. It's beautifully put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has the Land Rover logos all over it. So it they're at least, you know, not trying to hide the fact that <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> Let's see. But, Land Land Rover will expand the story narrative with custom content and paid posts inspired by Alec Dunbar and his journeys with various media, including Vox, Quartz, the New York Times. News creds, the online version of Departures and Travel and Leisure, Spotify. Jeez Louise, they're spending some money on this. Holy yeah. Moses. Do people in, do, ah, man, do enough people in the like young technology using demographic of like they did a release on Tumblr have the money to buy a Land Rover? Like, have you looked at how much a Land Rover costs recently? You know, it, it sounds to me actually like this is this, this is a small piece of a larger ad campaign like i think this is a there's a huge ad campaign and there happens to be this 76 page book yeah that's what it sounds like to me like the the ebook is not the tip of this particular sword yeah the ebook is not the main attraction like the website definitely contains more than the ebook and there's video and like Mm -hmm. well-produced audio stuff photography i'm looking here in the press release now photography animation sound music narration <laughs> is that what and uh multimedia means i wasn't really clear it means, it means stuff i you felt can hear like and maybe we should break that down <laughs> i mean the other thing too is like sweet and low is one deal like but car companies i mean i've seen mad men like mm-hmm. that that is a you gotta have a car you gotta have a car and they spend a lot of money. They have 2,500 employees. They sell, they sell vehicles all over the world, and they're expensive. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. It's just... I'm going to go read this right after we're done, for sure. Oh, actually, since it's free, I would love for oh, a yeah. brave Book Riot listener to You can check read it this out. in the, the Sweet and Low book, which is called what? Walk With Me, Be With Me, Me and You, one of those generic... <laughs> Aspartame won't really kill you. <laughs> yeah. Cancer-free rats, dude. Um, so yeah, anyway, if you want to read those and report back to us, we'll be eternally grateful because those are coals we do not want to walk on. All right. Let's see. Let's go. Oh, I just let's go. need a minute to make yeah, sounds about that I, I thing. Some, let's do more follow-up. So uh, we go to BEA every year. Mm-hmm. We talked extensively. 
you couldn't reasonably say all positively about BookCon. I don't think <laughs> that would be a fair characterization. I don't think it even leaned positively. No, I, I don't <laughs> think so. Um, but a little bit of news is that BEA and BookCon will have completely separate 2015 dates. There's no overlapping, having to like wall off with shower curtains one half of the Javits <laughs> Center. So BEA will run from Wednesday, May 27th through Friday, May 29th. We will be there. Yes, we will. BookCon will be held the... This, the immediately thereafter, Saturday and Sunday, 30th and 31st. So it's not going to be breaking into different seasons, but it's going to be two distinct events. My sense of this, speaking of reading the tea leads, is that BookCon went great, and they want to use all of Javits for it. Yeah, I think so. They used that like section of Javits mm-hmm. last year and sold out the event at about 10,000 tickets. And it was a cattle lot, apparently, just complete it disaster. It was. The in terms photos of-, of it looked like it was just packed. Um, for comparative numbers, I was at Comic-Con a couple weeks ago, or I guess last month now, and there were 151,000 oh, people geez. there. But that's like, BookCon was like half of one floor of Javits, and Comic-Con takes like both full floors of Javits plus another part of Javits that's like down a tunnel underground somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I, sus- I think they're growing. I'm really curious if they'll announce how many tickets they're going to sell for this. Like, will it be 20? I bet they're going to sell as many 000? as they can. I think Are you going to open it up for 50K, 100K? You know, if they get the right names in there, they can fill it. I think they can. Are I you think as nervous about the BookCon lineup this year as I am? No, they got, we slapped their wrist. I mean, I think they're gonna, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be the coalition rainbow, the rainbow coalition up there with Jesse uh, Jackson up front, but it's not going to be the disaster we saw this time. If it is, then, well, that will be fun to kick and scream about. We'll just get bigger pitchforks. Yeah, I guess so. Speaking of, of the rainbow coalition, we oh, should give a congratulations yes. to the We Need Diverse Books campaign. They hit their funding category today, this afternoon. Yes, at $100,000. And they've got time and left. They do still have time left. And there are amazing prizes on offer. Plus, it's a fantastic cause and new organization to support. And, and uh, tax deductible. Yes. So you can, that's uh, interesting to know. Uh, I got one little thing, just stats, because I'm, mm. you know, stats. For um, there was a story uh, in uh, the bookseller, which is the UK's sort of big publishing rag, that they do a big census every year, the digital census, and the iPad is now more popular than the Kindle for reading ebooks. Forty-one point nine percent of people read ebooks read on iPad compared to thirty-seven point nine percent on a Kindle. That is super interesting to me. Long the Kindle has reigned as the uh, ebook reader of choice. We've seen it all around us. If you're around people who use e-readers and tablets, so many of us are going mm-hmm. to tablets. Phones, I think, is the next Did, sort of big thing. Do you know but, if this included the Kindle tablet devices or just the straight-up Kindles? Just, I think, uh, you know, it doesn't say. I don't mm-hmm. know. It shouldn't, shouldn't say. Um, more than two-thirds, 71% of the respondents say they buy e-books regularly from Amazon. Okay. More than five times as many do, blah, blah, blah. But the next, next most popular retailer is iBookstore at 13.4%, and they've really... Um, Apple has really made some strides Which, there. It's right there on your iPad. They're right and there. They already have all your information. It's Fewer easy. than one in six respondents said they could envision a day when there'll be no physical bookshops. Um, half of publishers say digital formats now account for more than 10% of their digital sales, blah, blah, cool. blah. Two thirds think the UK will sell more books in digital formats than in print by 2025. Still got a long way to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's nine years and you chip away 2% a year and suddenly you're there. Um, 
more than a quarter say they now sell subscriptions, which is super interesting. That is interesting. That they, persis- they participate in some sort of subscription service, and half of them think it'll become a viable model in the future. Cool. Let's see. Self-published authors are happier than traditionally published writers. This was interesting. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very satisfied. Traditional With pub- what? Satisfied with what? Just their, with their publisher. Lukewarm average of 5.7, but self-published authors' level of satisfaction with that they have achieved to date is on average a rosier 7.1. Um, I have many questions. Yeah, anyway, so there we go. Those are, these are Brits, Brits, I should say. Uh, Stats, man. There well, we go. I, you know, we've been talking for a while about all the tech news pointing toward people moving away from unitaskers, mm-hmm. basically moving away from e-readers and onto tablets that are becoming less expensive and can do more things. So that's not terribly surprising, I guess, to see. I mean, yeah. I ditched, I gave up, I broke up with my Nook a year and a half ago. and got Yeah, we have a long dead Kindle that just is what the kids, I mean, they took it in the bath with them the other day. That's, that's <laughs> how often we, that's how much we cared about keeping that in good working order. <laughs> yeah, how did that work The out? old bath Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> it went great. I mean, it still didn't work after we took it out of the bath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, after dark, Jeff is fun. Yeah, Jeff. I know. I'm a barrel laugh. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned subscriptions. Yes. So I have a couple quick things that are also like little follow-up. We have lots of like little yeah, follow-up things this week. Um, we have talked a lot about how we love the ebook subscription model and are happy to see publishers trying it and companies developing it. This week, or, or maybe it was last week, just after we finished our show last week, Scribd, which you can find at scribd.com, announced that they were including audiobooks now mm-hmm. in their ebook subscription service. Um, Same so price? It, yeah, it's yeah. eight ninety nine a month for all you can read or listen to. And they have like 300,000 audiobook titles. Was it that many? I thought it was 30,000. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe mm. I'm adding an order of magnitude. Well, um, the only reason I say 300 would be a lot because Audible has 150,000. Oh, right. Okay, that must have been yeah, the I case. Think it, I think I did see 30,000. Okay, we can double check. Still 30,000 is no joke. No, no. I mean, it's better than um, way more than zero. I went and looked at the catalog there, and they have many appealing and familiar titles. It's not like you can read these 30,000 audiobooks you've never heard of and wouldn't be interested mm-hmm. in. It's good, familiar, you know, big name stuff. Um, so cool to see that. To my knowledge, they're the first ones to do that, to roll ebooks and audiobooks together into one subscription. And if that's not a swipe at Amazon and Audible. You think? I think they're, they and Oyster are duking it out. Well, that's definitely a swipe at Oyster. Mm-hmm. Um, Oyster rolled out first, but Scribd went Android and Canadian first. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's, that's interesting. Been, it's been an interesting battle to watch, but I feel like, well, I feel it's both, I guess. Adding audiobooks is both a swipe at Oyster, which is now just an ebook subscription sure. service, but it's also a poke at another, a big company that has both ebooks and audiobooks. Right, like, right, right, right. You'd be right. hard pressed to get an ebook you wanted and an audiobook you wanted together on Amazon for 8.99 no, a month and come with Scribd yeah. you can read and listen to as many as you want yeah that's that's a very compelling i hadn't looked at the catalog but you it's say it's legit it's pretty sweet yeah it is legit it's a pretty mm-hmm. sweet looking deal cool um we have also talked about Bitlit, which is the company. This was interesting. This I didn't interesting. see this until you put this in the show notes this yeah, afternoon. I, tr- I poked around at it. So um, Bitlit Media, you can find them at bitlit.com, um, are working sort of on a workaround for ebook bundling. And they've got partnerships with some publishers. So the deal has been that 
if you have a print copy of a book that is in one of their deals with publishers, you can open it to its title page and sign your name on it. And then you take a photo of that within the Bitlet app and they see that as verification that you really do own that book. And then they send you either a free or super discounted ebook edition. I think the most their ebook um, editions ever cost is $2.99. They have this new feature called Shelfie where you take a picture of your bookshelf and then it reads the spines of the book. That is some crazy on your Stuff. shelf and you tap on each one and then it tells you if those are available. Um, so I tried it this week. It didn't match. It, it didn't I correctly identify all of mm-hmm. the books. Some of them it came up with crazy things for, but it was probably like 85% correct. And I think it's still in beta. Hmm. Um, that feature is still in beta. And um, if you have an Android phone, that will taking a shelfie will also generate a know your shelf graphic that they send you. That's a word cloud of like descriptive things related to those titles. And uh, I don't yes, have it. the innovative word cloud. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I wanted a I wanted a feature from two thousand two. Do you get a QR code? Well, so they're only there. Putting... We go. <laughs> <laughs> you only get this highly innovative feature on Android phones. Yeah. Um. But since we know some people at Bitlet, they made one for me from my iPhone. I, I did. I'm photo. sure they did. <laughs> and because it's not like they wanted publicity or uh-huh. for us no, to talk about not, their not thing. Um, and it was interesting to see, you know, like the words that they pulled for the books that I had on that shelf. <laughs> I don't know that it was terribly accurate. Representative. Yeah. But it was the... <laughs> it was all sweet and low and Land Rover. But it's also a little <laughs> bit unfair to semi-review technology that's still in beta. No, no, um, that's not fair. But, but so you can try this. Go to bitlit.com if you want. Take a shelfie. Um, see how it matches up. My bookshelves are also organized in a crazy fashion, so they're not really organized. And I bet it would help like if you're a person whose books all stand you know, straight up and down and at the same distance from the edge of the shelf, like if everything is neat and perfect, their software will probably pick that up better. Um, yeah. But worth a shot it was kind of cool just to see how it worked like that's kind of impressive technology it is i mean ocr optical character recognition has come a long way you could take a picture i mean it's it's cool with your acronym knowledge hey you know i know about technology from 2002 uh (laughs) let's see let's do our next sponsor (laughs) i used to try to use ocr in grad school to like you know to scan and make searchable files out of old pdf or old old articles sounds like a sad story and it didn't work at all it was just actually my my job my job my first summer at columbia uh after my first academic year at columbia was a they were still digitizing their card catalogs (laughs) so i was going through their like card catalogs from the 20s and like trying to take pictures of them and have the OCR match all the the <laughs> categories, and it was just like a hundred and ten percent fail rate. It was unbelievably <laughs> how bad. Like you're pro- failing on things you didn't even try. I, probably if I would have had like Yahtzee dice of letters, I would have been more accurate just randomly creating um, gobbledygook <laughs> or like out of whatever it. Whatever generates captcha thing. Yes, right. Um, yeah, captcha is actually way more intelligible than that. And every time I think of OCR. <laughs> I think of those long afternoons trying not to fall asleep. Man, I wish I had audiobooks then. I tell you what, speaking of. It's too bad that this is a spot of ebooks, Jeff. Anyway, uh, let's do our next uh, our next sponsor. It's Kobo. This episode is brought to you also by Kobo. Kobo has over four million ebooks in dozens of categories. You know, let's just assume all of these big retailers, they've got the categories you're looking for, and Kobo certainly does, from bestsellers, indie breakouts, world class 
digital magazines, and over 100,000 kids' titles. We get a free Kobo app you can read right on your smartphone, tablet, computer if you want to. Read on your iPad. They sync between all your devices. Switch between your devices without losing your spot. Purchasers of Kobo can support your local independent bookstore. You set it up with an independent bookstore that is hooked up with Kobo, and a percentage of your purchases go right back to that store. So it's a super great way if you buy some print and some digital or have gone digital exclusively and you still want to throw some uh, cabbage um, back at uh, Tom and Jane's um, mainstream bookstore, do that very easily. Go to Kobo.com to get started. Thanks so much to Kobo for sponsoring the show. I love them. Kobo, for long before they sponsored anything on Book Riot, has been my e-reading app of choice. Um, Good stuff there. The good stuff there. Harper Collins, we should cue up our love song. We you should have a love keep... melody, a, a light motif of uh, platonic romance. I have measured out my life in coffee spoons and odes in to, odes Harper, to Collins. Harper Collins. <laughs> Harper Collins, uh, they released their first quarter fiscal 2014. Fiscal tw- releasing 2015 first Tw- quarter mm-hmm. would be uh, remarkable since that's in the future. But oh no no it is it's 2015. Their fiscal year starts. Oh right yes yes yes. Uh, yeah, their my fiscal mistake. year my, starts my in like snarky uh, mistake. Yeah. Um, they're up 24 percent. The HC fellas, thanks in no small part to they bought the Harlequin. Mm-hmm. And Divergent. And was Divergent a huge just thing. keeps chugging along. Oh, speaking of, there's a trailer for Insurgent this week. Oh, did if you that's look, a thing did you you're into. It? Did you, did you uh, look these, at it? I don't know. These the, the books aren't my thing, yeah. so I haven't paid much attention. But the trailer did exist this week. Well, if, even our uh, even our um, high-minded uh, indifference doesn't stop people from buying the Divergent trilogy of books. Uh, yeah, so up twenty four percent. Let's see. They're up for twenty fifteen, and it's not even twenty fifteen. Yeah, yet. ebook That's sales were only up eight percent in the period, and that was excluding Harle- Harlequin because it's not fair to compare because mm-hmm. they didn't have them mm-hmm. last year. Um, Executive from News Corp gave strong support, saying they were the core pillars on which the corporation builds its future. Hmm. So there you go. Uh, nice. You know the the. Uh, Publishing's in big trouble, let me tell you, Shinsky. Up 24% over year over year, not too shabby. I just wring my hands nightly I know, over so the future of publishing. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, blah, 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 oh, HarperCollins is doing other cool things. Oh, yes. What is they that? are releasing, or they did release, an enhanced ebook edition of To Kill a Mockingbird. Hmm. Uh, it includes audiobook clips performed by Sissy Spacek. I have listened to the To Kill a Mockingbird audiobook read by Sissy Spacek. I remember you've talked about this before. You it know. is wonderful. Um, it has snippets from Hey Boo, which is a documentary that um, I presume is about To Kill a Mockingbird, but that includes appearances by Oprah, Tom Brokaw, and Anna Quindlin. And apparently this enhanced, like, so enhanced ebooks have not really gone anywhere. I was like, going to say, are we back in 2002 it feels, again? Yeah, like five or three to five years ago, it was yeah. a thing that everybody was talking about. Like, oh, well, now that you're it's gonna digital. You're going to click on a thing and, and see Right, your e-readers connected to the internet. We could build all these things into is it. Is there and, social reading in this as well? I don't think <laughs> no, so. I'm just, I'm just I really hope that we have all jumped off the social yes, reading right. ship. Um, but it received 6,500 pre-orders for this enhanced ebook. And let me say 6,500 pre-orders for any book. How much is it? Is it successful. Say? Um, it is uh, eight ninety nine. Man, not bad. Not yeah. bad. 
And it's that's the same price as like the regular ebook edition. So you might as well buy it. Enhanced. You might as well get the enhanced one. I might have to buy this just to check it out. Do you have to have a tablet or does it run on just your regular old e You know, it doesn't say. Mm. Um, it doesn't say. They've sold 80,000 copies of the regular ebook of To Kill a Because that just came out. Well, we did the math before yeah. and they, they sell 11 bajillion a year. That is That's, very that, specific. That is totally accurate. I guess, I, you know, I'm not too excited about enhanced editions of books. I don't really care, though. I do like sort of director's cut, full bundle movie sort of situation. So if you kind of mm. like, I don't know, it would be cool if, a, you know, in, a, in an e-book, like a down the road after the, the book was initially released, if there's like, you know, cut chapters or maybe sort of an yeah. author's commentary or editor's commentary or you threw in some back matter of that kind that, yeah, that I could I get behind and I don't really want anything in the text of the book no. but if it, if it all shows up in an appendix yes. where it's like you know click here to watch this or maybe you could toggle docu- it on and off like if right, stuff was un- like, underlined you could go to the back click but, for a documentary yeah. segment click here like to that. listen to the audio book mm-hmm. click here for the last known interview with Harper Lee right. like whatever um, at the in the back matter that would be fantastic that'd be great that'd be really great and maybe that would an be, audio interview you know yeah, most of these things can play something right or you could put in a YouTube clip right um, yeah a packet of sweet could come shooting out of the screen just right into your coffee just jump right in there i wonder if that sweet and low ebook is also going to come with like click here to go to the pinterest board of recipes in which to use sweet and low my favorite thing about the sweet and low story is i'm going to make jokes about it until we're all sick of it i'm going to go to costco and buy you a year's supply of sweet and low for christmas you know how much a year's supply of sweet and low is for so much zero sweet and lows I'm set. I'm good. <laughs> I'm just going to mail them to you like three little pink <laughs> packets at a time. A couple of my friends, they got into this war that who knows when it started, but of leaving giant bags of Swedish fish in each other's apartment. Just like this back and ex- forth. That's, a, that's an excellent war. I would like to participate. Yeah, Swedish fish war. This is the sweet and low war of 2014. <laughs> we had that with... Um, Bob's roommate in college, but it was packing peanuts. Ah, well, those someone's, are the those are the, the devil's are the devil. dandruff uh, for sure. Someone's parent <laughs> sent something small, packed in a box, filled with packing peanuts, and we had months of like <laughs> putting packing peanuts down under their comforter or in cereal boxes. And I believe the packing peanuts got frozen into ice cubes. At one oh point. wow, that is that is hardcore. It was elaborate. The, the thing about packing peanuts is like. <laughs> It really makes you feel like you're ruining the environment because they're like the most synthetic substance you regularly come into contact with because they they don't feel like anything else. They make that weird noise that's sort of like this unearthly squeak. I don't yeah, know. I, there's it's nothing, not great. There's nothing okay about packing and peanuts. And listeners, we're sorry to report that this segue is not a segue. Yeah. Speaking of packing peanuts, I don't know how to, where we're, we're toast. We are. <laughs> Let's just move on to something really cool. Yes. Gillian Flynn is writing a comic book. This is cool. Why don't we lead with this? <laughs> well, because we had to talk about how our long national nightmare ebook is, pricing nightmare. Our, our long ended. national semi-annoyance has come to an end. Can um, we just embargo? Just not em- yeah, maybe embargo is the word I'm looking for. I don't know. I want to just not have to talk about ebook pricing for <laughs> maybe ever. <laughs> Like, if the news just all stopped reporting on ebook pricing, would that make it go away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Because that's how it works. If you just stop talking about it, it goes away. Um, anyway, so. 
So Gillian Flynn, Flynn is comic story, Dark Horse Comics in February. It's going to be called Masks, illustrated by industry veteran Dave Gibbons, um, a mother who dons the moniker Happy Homemaker and uh, tracks in wears a tracksuit to give her son's bully a taste of his own medicine. Things don't go well, as I know everyone Surprise. will be surprised who's ever even heard of a Flynn story. Oh, apparently it's based on a short story. Mm. Of hers that was published in April in The Guardian. Ah. And there is a link to that in this New York Times piece. Cool. Um, Which will be in the show notes at bookwrite.com slash podcast. Yeah. It's going to be 80 pages within a larger anthology series that Dark Horse is doing. 80 pages is a pretty good size. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty, I mean, it's not a graphic novel, but it's much longer than a. It's uh, like a graphic novella. Yeah, something like that, I'd say. Um, It'll include a Hellboy adventure and some other things. Other stuff. Pretty cool. Yeah, I love this that is novelists cool. crossing over to comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can see a few panels of it. Ooh, now I want Matt Fraction to write a novel. <sighs> yeah, that got you. We, we drop the mic. We're out. <laughs> the f- next fifteen minutes will be me making sounds about Matt Fraction uh, writing a novel. Put sweet and your low. Um, it's gonna be. <laughs> it'll be. It's basically Tina Belcher from Bob's Burgers yeah. <laughs> for the next fifteen minutes. <laughs> Uh, so that's, that's cool. I mean, you know, that is the comics revolution is at hand folks. Uh, I also if you're not like reading interesting comics, go read them. Formally request a Margaret Atwood comic oh. and lodge my complaint. Oh, you, know, it doesn't that's a good, exist. you know, we should do a panels book rack crossover thing of uh, comic writers who should write novels and novelists who should write graphic novels. I think make some a of note, our con- make a note yeah. of that. Some Make of our contributors of have done it, but they aren't us, and so they've wanted different things. Wait, what? <laughs> Some of the contributors at both sites have done either comics people that should write novels or novelists that should write comics. Like some well, of our contributors have done this, but they haven't hit the things that you and I both want. Well, so what you're saying us. is that they've been incorrect. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Speaking of comics, a, it's a Marilyn Robinson comic that's all just. Non-verbal mm. panels of like prairie grass <laughs> sway. It's like eighty pages of silence and <laughs> contemplation. Swooning in wheat fields. I'll take it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. I'm in on that. Uh, Dave Gutowski over at Large Hearted Boy has begun the thankless task. Well, which we're going to thank him for right now, actually. And so man, it's not I thankless. hope that he gets thanks for this in page views or something. Yes. Uh, every year he begins collecting end of year book list, best ofs from all over the place. And there are, I mean, there's a lot out there. Which now, they started coming out in October yeah, this year. Right. It's the, it's the Christmas creep of book lists. Last week we talked about the Goodreads, um, uh, reader's choice, choice which is the, the semifinal round is closed and the next round. The, the survivors have been announced. We didn't look at that. We'll, we'll talk to them when we get down to the finals or the winners. We're not going to go step by step. Amazon this week had their top 100. Oh, uh, Celeste Ang was the number one book. Everything I Never Told You is the name of the book, right? Mm-hmm. They were their number one pick of 2014. It's a house favorite that, at the riot. That everyone, it's a debut novel, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a heck of a job, Celeste. Congratulations. Yeah, good uh, job. That's that. a Penguin Press novel. Penguin. Um, but you can go see the rest of those. Let's see. Publishers Weekly has their top books out. They're, they're all starting to come out. Um, yeah. But what Dave does is he puts them all in one spot so you can keep track of them. I think he's already got like almost a hundred lists. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the seventh year that he's oh, done this. Oh man. And he, he, he keeps doing it all the way through early 2015, the first of the year. Cause list yeah. keeps coming out and by the end of the, there's like hundreds of lists. Uh, and they're not just top 
books, but there'll be sub the best business books, the best music books, the best books about the best right. books of the year as, kind of thing. As weirdly specific as publications yes. can get with best book lists, he will put those on his list. And this is if you just want to go down forty bajillion internet rabbit holes at once. Yes, you can click your way through these lists. So we'll have a link to the master in the show notes. Boy, which is a great blog, by the way. Dave uh, covers music and books really great. Uh, stuff over there. Yeah, he's fantastic. All right, let's do our last sponsor and then we'll do some new books of our own. Our last sponsor this week is The Valiant Number One. It's an award winning comic, but well, it's a comic from an award winning comic book publisher, Valiant Entertainment. Um, it's self contained, but it's by three of the biggest creators in comics today and it starts coming out in December. Uh, if you are familiar with comics at all, you might recognize the New York Times best selling writer Jeff Lemire or Lemire, I'm not sure, mm. um, and Matt Kent. The art is by Eisner Award winner Paolo Rivera, who I know is one of the favorites of our buddy Paul, who edits our comic site panels.net. And here's where it's very cool. The Valiant Number 1 features nearly every Valiant hero and villain from the Valiant universe, Hmm. which is like the DC or Marvel universe. There's a bunch of heroes and villains that have had their own comic book series, but that all exist within the same universe. And now this series puts them all together, united against a cosmic threat that was 10,000 years in the making. It's an all-new entry point into Valiant's award-winning publishing line. And if you're new to Valiant Comics, it's the perfect place to discover why they're one of the the most critically acclaimed publishers anywhere in comics today. While you're waiting for The Valiant number 1, which will be the first in a four-book series, uh, you can catch up on any of their other ongoing series, Exo Manowar, Archer and Armstrong, Quantum and Woody, Rye and more, with intro-priced 9.99 Volume 1 trade paperback collections as well. 9.99 for a trade paperback That's is pretty good. Pretty good, which will have a bunch of issues of one comic collected in it together. And that's at valiantuniverse.com. So you can look for the Valiant number one comes out in print and online on December 10th and see valiantuniverse.com for more info. Awesome. All right. Tell me about some new books. New books, new books. I have to scroll to the part yeah, scroll. of this scroll. document. It's, it's kind of, we kind of jumped all over the place. The A lot books. of stuff going on here. Okay, it's not nepotism if it's your friend, right? But it's something yeah. <laughs> kind of like it. <laughs> I think that's cronyism is what you're, the word you're looking for. Well, just let me put on my cronyist hat mm-hmm. for a moment. Uh, my very dear friend, Josh Christie, who is one of my co-hosts on the Book Rageous podcast that we've done together for years and years now, um, had his newest book come out this week. It is called The Complete Handbook of Porters and Stouts, uh, along with a co-author named Chad Polins. It is a gorgeous hardcover book um, that's paper over board, um, so it doesn't have the dust jackets on it, about porters and stouts. Um, and there are some short essays that talk about the history and development of porters and stouts, which if you're not a beer drinker, those are beers. Um, and they, uh, Josh Christie and Chad Polins then break down a bunch of different kinds of porters and stouts and what characterizes those. And then they describe and review the best of the best within all of those categories. Um, the book is beautifully designed. It's filled with gorgeous photography of full glasses of rich dark beer um it's basically beer porn and i think it's i think it's a great book um and not just just because i love josh but also if you're looking for a gift book for the holidays for a beer lover in your life excellent choice now i'm taking off my crony hat yes (laughs) 
Um, their uh, Random House is putting out a new collection of Alice Monroe short mm-hmm. stories. They're not new short stories, but they're, they're, it's a new package. I'm nodding my head so hard right now, I'm going to rupture <laughs> a vertebra. Oh, chill, buddy. Yeah. Just drink your mediocre yeah. wine. Yeah, no, I'm halfway done. I'm medium, <laughs> medium of the way through it. Uh, it's called Family Furnishings, Selected Stories from 1995 to 2014. Mm-hmm. There's this perfectly subdued cover for and for Alice Monroe stories. She is so great. Speaking of our love for Marilyn Robinson, I feel like Alice Monroe and Marilyn Robinson kind of belong. Yes. Together. So if you have not read Alice Monroe, I can't really think of a better entry point than a collection of stories that span almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Of mm. her writing. If that you would be a it, great place to jump in. If you're looking for a place to jump in with Monroe, just mm-hmm. the selected stories uh, would be really fantastic. Yeah. I mean, she won the Nobel Prize last year. Yes. So this is not, you know, just somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, really wonderful. It's also a beautifully designed book, as should come as no surprise from Random House putting that behind one of their their big recognizable authors. Um, also out this week is Lives in Ruins, Archaeologists, and the Seductive Lure of Human Rubble by Marilyn Johnson. Um, she had a book out a few years ago called This Book is Overdue, which was about librarians. And I mm-hmm. believe she she is a librarian. Um, but this time she's looking at people who are basically the real-life versions of Indiana Jones. Um, archaeologists who go you know, to deserts and swamps and ancient landfills and volcanic islands to dig through history and she talks to them and examines their work and she gets into kind of what do they actually do you know when they're not running from giant boulders inside temples of doom um what's the story behind the archaeologists and not just the artifacts this sounds kind of mary rochi um to me so that's the ringing some bells and kim ukura who's one of our contributors at book riot and is a nonfiction aficionado um highly recommends it so i will be looking for that and this week's notable paperback release is An Unnecessary Woman by Rabi Alamadine. Uh, it is a finalist for the National Book Award this year. So good timing in paperback that you can read it now for a little bit less than you could read it before um, as we get into book awards season. And it is a, uh, quote, breathtaking portrait of one reclusive woman's late life crisis. Um, it's garnered rave reviews it's a finalist for the National Book Award. Um, it seems like quiet, contemplative literary fiction. I'm going to be reading that one. Awesome. Those are the new books. Those this are the week. new books, and that's our show. Um, the bartender oh. is call- oh, wait. What is the bartender not calling for last call? The bartender is calling for oh, last yeah. call. Yeah, bartender's calling for last call. Uh, I've got a new Twitter handle. I was going to do yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, go. Okay. Well, uh, now I'm stuck. <laughs> Okay, so uh, you can find Book Riot on Twitter and Facebook and all of your social media. You can send us an email at podcast at bookriot.com, especially if you have a question about a book gift recommendation for the holidays or a question for me and Jeff to consider answering on our 100th episode coming up in 21 weeks. Uh, which I guess is almost half a year, but it that's, feels it really... Does, it does. It's a long time, actually, now that It feels about, yeah. really close, though. We were just talking. Uh, we had the idea, so we thought we'd throw it out there, and we'll, we'll, we'll just visit spend it. spend 21 weeks collecting <laughs> questions. <laughs> that 
that's no big well, deal. Here we We've are kept Google Docs for 5,988 for 100 episodes. It's going to be a marathon episode. Yeah. Uh, you can find us individually on Twitter. I am at Rebecca Shinsky, and Jeff is newly at the Jeff O'Neill. O-N-E-A-L. I'm going to spell my name now because right. people get all confused. Yeah, the, the ape needed to be retired. Um, so that's can, my Twitter handle these days. If you want to join the... 212 lovely folks who have rated the show on iTunes. You and the that. 100 minus 8 who have left a review. But no pressure. No pressure. Do that. We oh, were insufferable. God, we're the worst. <laughs> just, just despicable <laughs> stuff from us here. Just take another sip. We're almost You're done. We're almost done. Okay. We're almost done. Uh, we would also just like to thank Kurgo. You can find them at kurgostore.com slash bookriot to get 30% off your order and thanks to our other sponsor sponsors audible kobo and the valiant number one and we'll see you next time have a good week <laughs>